You're listening to the Inbound Logistics Podcast with today's guest, Fred Laluyo, President and CEO of Era Technology. Decision-making in the supply chain has to attain an agility that meets and almost predicts the new aggressive consumer demand signals born from COVID. However, to effectively leverage the massive amount of data required to get there, companies should consider technology that processes that raw digital information into workable decision intelligence. Fred Laluyo of Air Technologies joins us with his insights on how decision intelligence is transforming logistics. Joining me today on the Inbound Logistics Podcast, President and CEO of Era Technology, Fred Laloyo. Fred, thank you so much for joining the show today. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. We're looking forward to our conversation. Uh, if you could, could you do us a favor and introduce yourself to our audience? Give us a little bit about your background, what you've done in the industry, and what you're doing with Era Technology today. Sure, sure, sure. So super happy to do that. So um, uh, Fred Laloyo, I've been... Uh, uh, building this company called Era with uh, my my friend Sharik Mansour for the last uh, uh, five six years now. Uh, prior to that, I built another company in the world of software called Anaplan, doing data modeling. Prior to that, basically, I spent uh, years with SAP and business subjects, and my entire career uh, for the last twenty five years has really been building a software solution, building and implementing software solution that helped large organizations to uh, perform better. So focusing on operational performance and financial performance, building models, helping them, you know, project, predict, optimize their performance. That's been my career for the last 25 years. Uh, On the personal side, uh, you may hear a bit of an accent because I grew up in France and moved to the U.S. about 20 years back. uh, And I'm based here uh, with the team in San Francisco. Uh, excellent. Uh, and if you couldn't tell by the last name, uh, it, he just made it clear there. But uh, uh, I, I do love the French language. I, I loved uh, having to study to pronounce your name. So <laughs> I hope I got it right. <laughs> you got it perfectly right. <laughs> good, good, good. Well, let's get into uh, the, the discussion today then. Uh, we want to find out um, how you would describe the current environment facing uh, logistics management today. What, what, what are we looking at today? I mean, I'm going to state the obvious, but it's massive disruption. Uh, logistics is part of a broader supply chain. Supply chains are being disrupted on both sides, the demand side and the supply side. On the demand side, you have consumers that are uh, demanding the products, their goods to be delivered uh, in, in in minutes now, really. Uh, uh, whenever they need it, they want it to be customized exactly and tailored to their needs. And that's kind of complexifying the, the, the supply chain dramatically. Uh, I was recently in uh, in Europe, and and one of our um, clients were saying, "Look, it was we were very proud to deliver, you know, within the day. Now we have to deliver within half day. The next frontier is within two hours in cities, right? So think about the logistics uh, challenges to be able to do that for stocking location. How you actually organize yourself to deliver the product to the customer so fast, uh, and then of course on the supply side, uh, and, and I think that's." Uh, the part that has been most disrupted over the last few years with COVID and after is, you know, obviously uh, getting access to the to the raw material, to the uh, to the goods that you need to actually make the products um, has been more complex, right? So getting access means sourcing them, but also uh, getting them to your factories, moving the goods from the factories to the distribution center. All of that has been has been very difficult. So you have an environment that's uh, a very uh, unstable that requires uh, a massive amount of decisions 
that have to be made in real time, close to the point of impact. Uh, so yeah, when you combine the, the the network complexity, the risk exposure, the, the multi-tier supply network, the constraint capacity, the geopolitical volatility, everything is really uh, creating a, a massive uh, strain on the on logistics um, in the world today. So, um, but I think the, the logisticians have been, uh, you know, um, in the front line for for quite some time now, and uh, I think that this. Uh, this new reality of our, where change is the only constant, where where the past doesn't necessarily depict the future, is uh, is now well accepted. And you mentioned a lot of things there that are affecting this new reality. Uh, Gartner actually identified uh, as a top trend something called decision intelligence. Um, what is decision intelligence, and and why do supply chains need it? Well, just to just to echo the point I just made, right? You have a need for for agility. Uh, in your decision making, meaning that you have to make faster, better decisions closer to the point of impact. And you're doing this in a world where uh, the, the the tribal knowledge that uh, companies, large organizations have relied on for so many years, uh, you know, graduates come out of college and they spend years learning their craft, learning the market, learning the network, learning the behavior of the different components of the network. Um, those resources are moving on very fast, right? Not just with the great resignation, but just people don't stay in the, in the job for, for, for long enough. So if you think about a, a, a supply-demand analogy, right, you have a demand for decisions, both in terms of volume and quality and speed that is pushed by the acceleration of the business cycles in supply chain that is increasing exponentially. And on the supply side, the point I just made around resources not being available, not staying in the job for long enough, uh, cannot meet that demand. So the gap is growing faster. The image that we have is that the demand the, the demand was growing fast, supply was kind of flat, but now flat the, the, the flat curve is actually going, trending down. So the gap is increasing. And this is where decision intelligence comes in, right? Decision intelligence, we define it at ERA as the... Uh, the digitization, the augmentation, and the automation of decision making, right? So you digitize the way decisions are being made. As a result, you can get augmentation, meaning better quality over time with systems that are learning and are delivering more accurate decisions. And automation, the work can be done automatically, taking the human out of the loop. So the way we like to describe the, the three steps of decision intelligence, the human in the loop, you're leveraging the decision intelligence platform to make the decisions as an operator, human on the loop where you're leveraging the digital technology to make recommendations that you can accept or reject, all the way to human out of the loop, uh, where, where as, as, you know, as I was just said, the humans are actually not required to make decisions. They're just required to monitor and guide the way the digital technology is making those decisions. Gartner has its own definition. Um, you know, it's a little bit more complex. It says a practical domain framing a wide range of decision-making techniques, bringing multiple traditional and advanced disciplines together to design, model, align, execute, monitor, and tune decision models and processes. I have to say, I just read this. I do not remember all of it. <laughs> but the point, the point is pretty much the same, right? Taking, bringing multiple techniques of data modeling, of analytics, of data science, of automation, uh, and an engagement model to to digitize decision. And it's a uh, 
it's not the future, it's the present for, for a lot of companies. I think where Gartner is right is there, they reckon that like a third of large companies are either deploying some level of decision intelligence or will be in the next uh, next 12 months. And and this is something that uh, we predicted uh, when we started ERA. ERA is been purpose-built for, for decision intelligence. When we launched in, in 2017, we had uh, this white paper saying, welcome to the self-driving uh, supply chain. And the whole idea was to really digitize decisions. Of course, when you build a technology, it takes time. So you have to start early ahead of the market adoption, which is normal. And, and we're seeing today uh, that demand really um, uh, growing very fast. Uh, we just had uh, several events from the Gartner Supply Chain Conference, both in, in Europe and in the US or, or the NASESH or the North American uh, Supply Chain Conference. Uh, in Chicago, and you could see that that topic of of leveraging decision intelligence to gain the agility and the, the scale and decision making for for the chief supply chain officers was uh, was was front and central. All right, uh, you threw a lot of terminology around out there, so I'm going to take the era approach to things: uh, digitization, augmentation, and uh, automation. How are those? Um, elements in, of decision intelligence. How is that transforming logistics? I mean, what are some of the outcomes that the industry can expect from that? Well, at, at a high level, um, think about all the decisions that you make um, when you're either designing a network or when you're running your logistics operations. So you're going to plan your work and you're going to leverage the data and the intelligence and the optimization capabilities that are available in the in the decision intelligence uh, capabilities to help you optimize the way you design. But I think the real advantage here is in the run. Once you've got your 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 daily disruptions and you're trying to service your customers the optimization of i don't know dispatching or optimizing storage and so on and so forth those daily decision intraday decisions that are hitting the operators are the ones that are going to be really well served with decision intelligence which doesn't really matter how complex the decision is it's all digital it's all computerized and and the system can run through all the parameters to to make the most optimal recommendation so th th this is where you know am i going to ship this uh um, lot this way or that way by this route or that right all this does optimization can i hold it for a day and it can go tomorrow saving without impacting my my uh, uh service level can i do all this stuff Across a variety of, of different dimensions, this is where uh, uh, decision intelligence comes in. So, I don't know, going through, uh, I don't know, questions would be reduce, reducing um, the, the cost for transportation and warehousing and, and maximizing warehouse capacity uh, could be proactively um, impact identifying uh, shipping disruptions and, and react with uh, with strategic options without impacting the the, the throg threshold. It could be um, optimizing rail car storage and dispatch. It could be uh, managing, allocating, um, and merging orders for for uh, maximum efficiency and cost. We see a lot of that around allocation. It's a huge problem. How do I allocate my limited inventory to my customers, and I do that in a in a way that that uh, is optimal from a from a cost perspective, right? Um, of course, front and central is is the concept, and I maybe should have started by that of OTIF, right? Uh, how do I increase my my on time in full? Uh, for strategic customers, you know that uh, Walmart before COVID introduced all those 
uh, penalties, but that created a, a massive pressure uh, for large CPG companies in the world to actually mm -hmm. deliver their merchandise on time and in full. And that's very difficult to do. And, and logistics is a big part of that. And you can plan as much as you want. And planning is super important. The reality is that uh, is the truck the, uh, showing up at the dock on time? Is there is there enough capacity to unload the, the, the merchandise? All these different elements have to be digested when you're making the network operate properly. So um, th there are so many different areas. I would say that uh, if you have human operators making decisions, allocation, optimization, this is where decision intelligence fit in. Does that help? Is that, am I yeah. answering your question? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Now, uh, just to, to play off of that then, um, if a company uh, wants to uh, adopt decision intelligence, uh, how does ERA help supply chains uh, get there? Sure, so I mentioned earlier, we, we built the company with the idea of enabling non-digital native companies. Recently, we... Uh, we were on, on stage at the Gartner event with companies like Merck, like Mitsubishi Chemical, uh, or Unilever, different industries, um, oil and gas, life sciences, or, or pharma, but all companies that were born way before uh, you know, Amazon. And the goal for us was to enable this non-digital native organizations who rely on a uh, bedrock of transactional systems, right? They're trying to optimize and rationalize their ERP landscape. They have the system of record. They have their system of differentiations, their APSs, their WMS, their, their TMSs, and so on and so forth. But building that layer of intelligence that sits on top and help basically digitize the work that the operators are doing with all those different systems is, is what decision intelligence does. And this is why we built ERA from scratch. So in order to do that, we had to resolve four big, big problems uh, without getting too technical and but staying at high level. The first one was the data. If you want to digitize decisions, you need to ensure that 100% of the information that is required for that decision to be made be available in a normalized model that, that the intelligence can, can, can connect to and understand. And that's difficult to do when you understand that you know, a company like um, one of our clients was running on 49 different transactional systems. However, ERA technology, the platform, the ERA decision cloud, is able to actually resolve that problem, pull the data from the different transactional systems or the data lakes and so on and so forth, and bring it into this normalized data model called a cognitive data layer. The second the second element that you have to address from a technology standpoint is the intelligence, right? You need to be able to project, you need to be able to predict, you need to be able to allocate, you need to be able to optimize. Doing all these operations requires a lot of intelligence to be, to be built in the platform. The third is the automation. Of course, the goal is to really move from the human in the loop to the human out of the loop because more automations delivers optimal. The more automation, the more value being is created, the more agility you gain and so on and so forth. So all our customers are really trying to get to a higher level of automation. We're seeing customers now and some specific uh, uh, decision processes that are able to go full automatic, right? Uh, which is which is quite interesting. And meaning that they're letting the system 
just uh, analyze the data, make the recommendation, decide and execute because the decision intelligence technology is, is able to execute the, uh, the orders back into the transactional system. So all that orchestration, that automation capability has to be um, uh, available. And the last one, which is really important, um, is the engagement. You're now building a, a new level of engagement between that digital tool and the business. Uh, think about it as a as a machine in a in a in a manufacturing site. You have those screens that allow the op human operators to define how the machine can work, to monitor the performance of the machine. Well, we're doing the same thing here, but with a purely digital tool. There's no physical aspect to it, and and the ability for an uh, an operator uh, to a planner to get a message from ERA that says. Um, hey, I recommend that you rebalance inventory from this DC to that DC in order to uh, avoid a projected back order for this product. And if you do it within the next two hours, this is what the gain can be. Do you want to do it? Yes, no. And the ability to get that message, the ability to understand the, 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 the logic that's been deployed by the decision cloud, by ERA decision cloud to, to get to that recommendation, to take action, that's fundamental. And that's what the system does is then it will memorize that decision and, and of course, the decisions that are made automatically as well. And as a result, it builds a permanent memory of all the decisions that are made uh, on a given business problem. And this is how you get to higher level of automation, but also uh, more intelligence, more accuracy over time. Um, the last point of engagement, which is really important, is the ability for the company to really then understand how the performance of the, the system improves over time as a result of having all that data or that memory. You know, am I seeing an increase in accuracy? Am I making decisions differently than I was making uh, when it was fully human-based? Um, am I happy with that? Should I roll out best practice uh, on a broader scale? So again, engaging with the system in a new way where it's not the humans doing the work, it's the machine doing the work, but guided by humans. So we build this end-to-end -end platform that really resolves the data, the intelligence, the automation, and the engagement. And without it, it's very difficult to, to digitize decisions. You need a, a purpose-built platform to do that. And I think Gartner now has uh, defined uh, that as a, as a new software uh, category, and they have criteria for decision intelligence platform. And it really comes at the intersection of of uh, data and analytics of automation and, and of AI, right? You bring the best of these practices together in one ensemble, and, and it has to scale. Um, the, the challenge is you can create a, a micro version of it. It's not too difficult, but think about it, right? We had a client last uh, couple of weeks on stage saying that ERA was already delivering a million rec accepted recommendation for their business, right? So it means that there is a million recommendation. Think about how many decisions, you know, you have to make to get to a million. Um, and, and the system brings the level of scale that's unprecedented, right? So, so you're, you're seeing that, that, that intelligence at scale and the ability to react, um, uh, you know, in, in a matter of seconds when you need to, keeping control that that's that's what era basically delivers and that's what customers are, are leveraging era for yeah it's it sounds like the returns are exactly where uh companies and supply chains want to be now saying that though the the process sounds kind of involved um so what advice can you give uh, supply chain leaders who may be interested in getting started with decision intelligence 
Yeah, this is this is a good point. So there, well, my advice would be to start right away. And I tell you, <laughs> not being facetious, but uh, or self-serving here. But there is an element that's important. The 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 point about collecting the decision data is really important, right? Understanding how you and your teams are making decisions today. You think you know, right? You think you understand, oh, this is the way we make that decision. We always optimize for this versus that. But the reality, and that's what we found working with our clients, is the reality is always a little bit different or sometimes very different. The way decisions are being made is not necessarily what you find in your playbook. Uh, when you start digitizing them, you have one version of the truth. You start memorizing all these decisions, and that becomes the material that allows you to get the agility and uh, and the intelligence that you need to perform better. And you look at the, the, the stunning performance of companies like Amazon or any other digital native, collecting all that data, uh, um, you know, give them an incredible advantage. Uh, and or, you know, Netflix or you name it, any digital native company will say, well, we've learned how to win with data. Um, and of course, companies today have massive amount of data, but the one that they don't have is how are decisions being made in what context for what goal and for what effect. And that's what decision intelligence gives you. So my advice would be don't let the competition uh, start building the data set. Uh, and and you don't, you have to really catch up. Um, then you know, I think the the advice, the second the second advice, uh, which we don't assume that you understand how decisions are being made. We made that mistake. We saw our early adopters, the the pioneers, make that mistake as well. Oh, this is how we plan. Well, the reality is that you think this is how you plan. This thing that this is the decision logic of uh, that, that that you deploy when you're planning, but maybe the way you're doing it in Belgium with Deleuze is different than, I don't know, in France with Carrefour, or of course, US with Walmart, right? And those differences are not captured. It's a tribal knowledge. And, and that's that's something that you have to be uh, very much aware of. Like, you know, this is a this is a process that is involved in, in that it requires uh, the, the true understanding of how decisions are being made or a clear decision that you're going to enforce a new approach. Um, there is the emergence in the market, and we're seeing now early adopters, um, uh, you know, creating new roles that I didn't anticipate a few years back, one of them being decision analyst. A decision analyst is used to, you know, talk about data analysts. Well, this is a data analyst that is, you know, doing the bridge and with the business and understanding and digit and, and documenting how decisions are made. Um, so, so I would say jump in, start small in a, in a, in in one area of your business um, and 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 start learning and building that practice. I can predict that in a, in the next few years, the decision analyst and the center of excellence for decision intelligence will be integral part of uh, of any large organization. You. You see, and I'm talking here non-digital native organization, um, and we see it happening already, right? So, so there'll be communities around that. This is going to be the we're we're at, we're at a point similar to you know asking ourselves the question around robotics, and um, I'm not talking digital robotics. I'm talking about robots in factories, right? Mm -hmm. In manufacturing plants, you had people doing the work, and now you have machines doing the work guided by people. Well, the same thing is happening with a whole new set of work. Uh, repetitive, um, but requiring some intelligence and experience. And, and this is where decision intelligence comes in. So I would say my advice would be to, to jump in, start early, find the right partner. The 
it's easy to think that you can build it yourself uh, because you have an AI department in your company, because you have already built a data warehouse, because you already have built a bunch of analytics. Um, the, the the pitfall of doing that is a you're not getting the leverage of uh, of a community and 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 of expertise. But the second is it's incredibly difficult to do that at scale. And this is where I would recommend looking at technology platforms like Era because that's what that's what we do, right? We built the platform in order to enable. Uh, large companies to deploy this at scale and doing it fast. Again, um, uh, one of our clients, one of the largest CPG company in the world, uh, again, with us on stage a few weeks back, was talking about the fact that they're going to digitize about 100 decision areas. We call them skills, basically building skills into their digital uh, decision cloud. Um, and, and, and that's a lot, right? 100 decision areas, millions of recommendations delivered at scale. And this is the reality of, uh, of some of the biggest uh, names in, in life sciences, in CPG, in oil and gas, in manufacturing, in tech. Um, so, yeah, if you're not looking at this now, you're probably are a bit behind. Mm, yeah. So. Uh, get on it earlier than uh, later, right? But um, uh, you touched on it a little bit, uh, so I'm going to ask you to expand uh, on it a little bit more. Uh, how did Era uh, wrap its its brain around all this data and, uh, and intelligence gathering? Tell me more about the company. Yeah, so I first wrote about this concept. It wasn't called decision intelligence. Uh, back when I was with SAP, um, that was almost 12 years ago, um, because it was clear to me that the the supply demand issue that I discussed earlier, right? The demand for intelligent decisions that after 40 years of investing in, in transaction automation, which is the world of ERP and core systems, uh, what's the next system of uh, 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 that, that comes on top, right? I looked at it and I said, look, it's we have enabled, um, you know, the world to go flat thanks to ERPs. We can have global companies with consistency in systems in accounting and all this great stuff. But making decisions on top of these systems is still a nightmare. You have companies that had eight, nine, 10 levels of hierarchy and the decisions moving up and down and not being taken close to the point of impact. So the point I'm making is this idea for What's now called decision intelligence was born a long time ago, and I we we worked pretty hard uh, for years to think about how we can do it um, uh, end to end digitally, and uh, and this is the the leap of uh, the, the big jump that we did in 2016, right? Uh, saying we have to start from scratch. There's no way to retrofit an existing tech stack to actually do what we want to do. It has to come with a lot of um, inspiration from the consumer internet in terms of scale and speed and technology. So we took a, a leap of faith and we had great investors. We had some success with our previous company. So a bunch of us just decided to, uh, to, to, to try it out and say, we are not going to bulge. We're going to say our goal is to build a decision intelligent platform. At the time, we called it a cognitive automation, not decision intelligence. But it was really the, the, the flag that we planted on that hill. This is where we're not stopping until we enable our clients to do that. And I remember early days, we were saying one of the, you know, the KPIs for the company, I'm talking era right now, was get enabling a million recommendations, like intelligence recommendations that would be accepted by the business. Meaning that ERA will deliver a recommendation to change a forecast number or to rebalance inventory or to stop a purchase order to go through whatever. And someone in the business would look at it and say, 
yeah, that's a good recommendation. I accept it. So we had this, this macro goal of 1 million error accepted recommendation. And now we have that happening within a single client, right? So wow. you're seeing the scale uh, again, and all the clients are uh, approaching it not as a point solution, but as a platform. And our obsession has been two things, right? Time to value and value of time. Time to value is it, this cannot take more than a few weeks to implement. And I know that people are probably going to go like, what is he talking about when you hear the word weeks? But it takes it takes a few weeks between four and 12 weeks to implement ERA and get the first skill up and running, meaning connecting to the transactional system, building the cognitive data layer, adapting or deploying or customizing a skill and rolling it out. We've managed to do it in a matter of weeks as opposed to months. So uh, most traditional software, if you're implementing a planning tool, it will take you years this is this is we because we've started from scratch, we're able to do it in a different way that allows that. And the second element is the value of the time. I most clients, and I've done this for 25 years, they always look, they put 100 percent of their attention on going to live, having a system go live. And, and then after a while, a year or two, you're seeing the systems being poorly used, and you need to throw more people at it. My obsession uh with Sharik was to make sure that. Uh, the system value would be monitored and improve over time. Um, the level of automation would increase, the level of intelligence would increase, and 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 you could measure it in real time. So our obsession at ERA was time to value and value over time. I think we've achieved uh, some promising results with some of the, the world's largest companies, and we're uh, now we're seeing the, the scale in the market that uh, that's happening. So, uh, you know, our vision was also that it should be a, a glass box and not a black box. If you're going to enable the technology to make digital decisions, you need to be in full control of the logic that's being deployed. And when I say you, I mean you as, a, as an operator, you as a business, and not have any black box uh, coming from the vendor. The other thing is you need to have that logic to be very, very quickly composable, customizable, because the way you make decision changes quickly. And if you're stuck in a in a, in a black box with a, a need to do some enhancement request from the vendor, uh, it's not going to work. You're never going to be um, doing the, the, the justice to, 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 to the approach. So so we had to deploy, you know, composability and trust, uh, 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 you know, uh, factors in 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 the platform as well. I'll pause here because I can speak about this for three hours, but <laughs> <laughs> that's probably been long enough. No, 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 it's fantastic. Yeah, in fact, uh, for any audience uh, members who want to peek into that glass box, uh, where can I point them? Where can I send them for more information? So I would say our website. So it's Era Technology, A E R A Technology. Dot com. That's uh, that's where you and then uh, you know find us on on LinkedIn. Find us on on all the usual usual uh, networks. Excellent. So thank you for all of that great information, uh, Fred Laluyo. Thank you so much for uh, taking some time out to talk today. Uh, best of luck to you and to Era Technology uh, and uh, for any supply chain companies out there that want to adopt decision intelligence. Here is all the information for you. So uh, take that to heart. And uh, Fred, stay safe. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Inbound Logistics Magazine is the information leader in supply chain and logistics management. Start your free print and digital subscription today by visiting bit.ly slash getil. That's bit.ly slash get 
underscore IL and stay ahead of the 3PL game. The Inbound Logistics Podcast is a production of Inbound Logistics Magazine. For the most in-depth information around logistics, transportation, and supply chain practices, get your free print and digital subscription at inboundlogistics.com slash subscribe. Connect with us via LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube for the most current developments in the industry. If you'd like to leave us some feedback or have a topic you'd like to see covered in a future episode, call our dialogue line at 888-878-3247 or leave us an email at podcast at inboundlogistics.com. I'm your host, Jeff Vita. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time here on the Inbound Logistics Podcast.